0: Well, welcome everybody to the podcast. We call this podcast from The Preacher's Study. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm one of the preachers here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Uh, this is my colleague and brother and friend, Kevin Clark. Uh, we've been doing the podcast for a while now. Mm-hmm. We're studying, studying through the scriptures. Uh, we hope that uh, you have your Bible with you, or at least we'll listen closely as we go from passage to passage in the New Testament and talk about God's word, what it means, and how it applies to our lives. Uh, we've missed a, a few episodes wow. over the mm-hmm. holidays, but we're back and we hope to be on a, re- a weekly basis in, in a regular sort of way from here on out uh, for a good long stretch of time. Uh, appreciate your patience with us as uh, we work through those, uh, those weeks over the holidays and uh, glad to have you back. Glad to be back. We're going to study from the book of James. And so. I want you at least to think about that first chapter in the book of James. If you have your Bible with you or you have it on your phone, uh, maybe you want to turn over there and, and follow along with us and think along with us as we study from the book of James. Again, start in chapter 1, and we'll work our way through it. It's a great book, very practical book. I think we'll get a lot from it uh, if we uh, sit down and think about it very carefully. But glad everybody's with us. Kevin, any introductory remarks today? Yeah,
1: just very excited to be here and, and to start the new year. Uh, with the podcast again. We really enjoyed our study of the Sermon on the Mount, and there were so many great lessons that we were able to extract from that. But it's funny, Bob and I were talking and in eager anticipation of kind of starting the podcast up again, and there's so many ideas that we have, and it's because we have this inexhaustible resource here, the Word of God. And there's so many things that we want to bring to light through this format, so bear with us, but we don't see an end in sight anytime soon. <laughs> right. uh, we also want to thank, as we always do, our deacons, uh, J. Jason Reed, Mark Townsend, and really appreciate their help and their sacrifice and the time and their talents they lend to this endeavor and their families for allowing the sacrifice. We say that, we mean that from the bottom of our heart, and we could not do this without them. And so we're just excited to be here with you. Glad that you tuned in and spread the word, like we said, always to your friends, your coworkers, uh, your family members. Just get people out here. The more that we can exalt the word, the more people we can expose the word, the better uh, things are going to be for us all.
0: So just to maybe a little review of what we're trying to do with the podcast, we keep it to a, our goal is about 15 minutes. It ends up being usually about 20 minutes, I (laughs) think. Uh, Hard to get two preachers to talk about anything
1: in 15 minutes. true.
0: But the idea is while you take your children to school, you can listen to it or on your way to work, you you can listen to the podcast or while you're maybe doing some work or doing some chores around the house or in the yard, you can listen to the podcast. And so it's not committing... 45 minutes or something like that for a full class time, just 15, 20 minutes, uh, get some ideas out there uh, that might help us along the way. And So that's what we're trying to do. We have good, encouraging response Mm -hmm. from time to time, Mm -hmm. uh, enough to keep us going. That's right. uh, Make us think that we're reaching people and doing some good. And so we appreciate everybody joining us. And if you know somebody that you think might benefit from it, let them know about it as well. Amen. Well, let's go to the first chapter of the book of James. Do it. You can see James identifies himself in the very first verse. James, a bondservant of God uh, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, uh, greetings. The first question, of course, that comes up is, well, which James? Mm -hmm. There are several James in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. James the less, James Mm -hmm. the son of Alphaeus. Mm But it's widely held that uh, this is James, the Lord's brother. That's right. uh, he becomes a prominent leading figure in the early church. We read about him in various places, mm-hmm. Galatians chapter 2. Mm-hmm. He's mentioned there as one of the pillars in the, in the church. Uh, he's even identified as an apostle mm-hmm. in Galatians yeah. chapter 1 and verse 19. He wouldn't right. be one of the 12, no. but so closely associated with that group of apostles that he's looked at as, as one of them. Uh, In Acts 15, Mm -hmm. you might remember he is Mm -hmm. one of the leaders of that uh, conversation. In fact, they follow his advice, really. Remember, he talks Mm -hmm. about, I I propose we write a letter and circulate it among the churches, and that's what they end up Mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. And so James, the Lord's brother, becomes a leading figure in the early church. And I think, again, it's widely held. This is an early letter in in, uh, the New Testament collection of, of writings. And so he becomes a leader in the early church, and many attribute it to him. Of course, mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll ever know with absolute certainty. Right. Of course, right. could be a James that we know nothing about. Right. But, but uh, widely held that it's James the Lord's brother. Uh, how would you summarize just in a sentence or two the the book of James? What's the
1: Well, the the way I look at it, it's the New Testament version of Proverbs. I mean, it's a very practical guide to how do you live out your faith? What are the practical parameters of taking the faith in God and living it out in your day-to-day life? And so we talk about various and sundry aspects about favoritism and the use of the tongue and Not assuming things too quickly and and doing the things you know to do right and wisdom from above versus wisdom from Mm -hmm. below, but just very practical things. And you'll find a lot of these same concepts are covered in Proverbs. So I really think it's the New Testament counterpart uh, to Proverbs, but it also is very similar to what we've talked about from the Sermon Mm -hmm. on the Mount, a lot of dispositional teaching. Uh, how should you be again towards the rich versus the young uh, versus the poor uh, if you're uh, exalted uh, because of your riches you need to be humiliated if you're poor in status you need to be you're exalted in Christ and so just a lot of very practical teaching about how you live out in James 2 you think about the idea of faith And works and the fact that works is a demonstration of faith there's not really tension between that as some people in the religious world want to suggest but it's a very practical book about how do i in this age live out my faith and it's just as practical today as it was when james wrote it then right
0: so i think that's that's kind of the similar similar thought to what i had you know it's just a a very practical book we can uh, take what he says, we can apply it to our lives today. We know that it's written to Christians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chapter 2 and verse 1 mm-hmm. says, My brethren, do right. not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. So we know he's writing He's writing to Christians. He mm-hmm. identifies them as brethren, as believers right. in Christ. In chapter 1 and verse 1, he writes to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad. Now that sounds like Jews, doesn't it? It does. The 12 yeah. tribes, mm-hmm. that would be... Uh, maybe your first thought would be, well, those are tribes of Israel. But you remember the church takes Mm -hmm. on the Mm -hmm. language of Israel. That's right. And uh, the church is sort of the new New Jerusalem and the new Israel. And so I think he's referring to the church in that way. That's right. And and so, uh, and they're dispersed abroad. Now, many Jews were dispersed abroad and lived in various places. And so he's, a similar situation, of course, is... uh, uh, occurs among these early Christians that they live in lots of different right. places. And so James is a little different from some of the New Testament books mm-hmm. in that it's not written to a, a specific church right. in a specific location, the church at Rome or the mm-hmm. church, churches of Galatia. Mm-hmm. And so these, this book is written to the 12 tribes, to Christians who are dispersed uh, abroad, and so let's look at this opening passage yeah. uh, beginning in verse 2. If you're ready, Kevin, you ready? Let's do okay. it. Okay. So let's read a few verses here. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So let's just stop right there. Mm-hmm. I think this flows into the next section or two. Right. Uh, but we'll just stop right there. This is a—it's it's a little bit. It gets your attention. It does. Just because of the way he. The things that he says and what he's teaching here, what, what gets your
1: attention about this passage? It seems to be counterintuitive. We think about falling into trials or falling into difficult circumstances as a bad thing, as something that we would regret and want to avoid at all costs and just can't manage our way through it. And yet he says, count it all joy, when you fall into those life circumstances and that seems strange and but he goes on to say knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience so we know that we're looking at these things from a different lens because again from a secular lens it's not good to go through trials nobody really enjoys going through trials it's not something yeah. i embrace twice a trial that's exactly <laughs> right but he says there's a way of looking at this such that you can look at it as this is a joyful occasion because this is an opportunity for me to demonstrate my faith in God, for me to test my faith. And on the outer end of this, when I come out of that, notice the confidence, when I come out of that, I'm going to be better off spiritually. Right. And
0: so, th- like you say, this is not a natural reaction. That's why it has to teach people to right, do it. Right. So he's teaching them to do something right. or train themselves to do something that doesn't necessarily come naturally. No, it does not. And so consider it joy yeah. when you uh, encounter various trials. And in verse 3 knowing that the testing of your faith. And so whatever the trial is, right. is a test of faith. So what right. kind of trial is he talking about? Well, whatever kind of trial might test your faith. Right. And that might be, that might take any number of sure. forms and, and shapes. Right. us talks a little bit about poverty mm-hmm. in verse nine, but the mm-hmm. brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position. Well, that, that brings some, some trials, doesn't it? it if does, a person absolutely. is in poverty, well, that brings some trials. Right. He talks about, Person who's wealthy, it yeah, may bring some trials. It does, it does. An, an illness might bring some mm-hmm. trials. A tragedy in a person's life might bring some financial stress and problems. Might bring trials. Um, getting along with your coworkers yes. or your boss or your neighbors that might pose a, a problem and create a trial. And so James is telling us you need to look at this in a different way, All a right. way that's different from your natural reaction. Exactly. Consider it joy. All right. But why is it joyful? Why mm-hmm. consider it a joy? What What's the answer?
1: Yeah, because you're looking at, first of all, the fact that your experience in this is a testimony to your stand for Christ. You may remember in Acts 5, they had this experience when they were for the, the Sanhedrin council, and they were told not to teach in the name of Jesus, and they did so anyway. And uh, Gamaliel kind of came to their rescue with some good uh, argumentation. But even then, after that being rescued, they still beat them. And the Bible says that they counted it all joy after they'd been beaten. They went on their way rejoicing after they'd been beaten for the cause of Christ. Well, why? Because they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. So it's the idea of, you know, I'm following in the steps of Jesus. How did they treat Jesus? They persecuted Jesus. And so if I'm following the steps of Jesus... I also should expect to be persecuted. And when I am persecuted for that, that, that's kind of a badge of honor. It's like, I'm doing something right. I'm following in the steps of our Lord. And as he says here, you're also looking at the outcome. Mm -hmm. If you get through this thing, it's going to produce patience, which is going to allow you to be even more pleasing to God. So you've got to look not just at the trial, but when I come out the other end, what is the work product? What's God going to do with me? And that's going to be a good thing, and I'm happy about that.
0: Right. And so you have to look at the process The testing of your faith produces endurance. And then endurance also has its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete. And so one way that God works in our lives Mm -hmm. uh, to bring us to maturity, to a state of full growth and full development is by allowing us to pass through trials. He doesn't always insulate us from trials, but he'll be with us through the trial and enable us to endure it. And then we come out better off and stronger, a a more complete, more mature uh, Christian. So Romans chapter 5 is a a similar passage. Sometimes people will set Paul against Mm -hmm, James and mm -hmm. James against Paul. Or here's one passage where they say very much the same thing. So Romans chapter 5 says, uh, we'll just begin in verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope. You know, the, the Lord has lays out hope for us. He makes promises. We hope for the glory of God. Not only this, we also exult in our tribulations. You know, tribulation brings about perseverance, perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint. Mm-hmm. You know, hope in Christ, we're not going to be disappointed with that. Right. And so look at that, that chain. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got trial, uh, pers- uh, perseverance, proven character, hope.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, it's the proven character that creates the hope in us. That's right. And so once we see, oh, I can endure, I can overcome. Uh, I, you know, I, I can become, I can handle these things that are thrown at me, and I, in fact, become stronger as a result. Oh, wow, that gives me confidence right. to carry on and do even better. Right. And so that proven character will produce hope in us. Absolutely. And so you can see the similarity between what Paul says there and what James says in James chapter one. Let's. We're going to run out of time here in a few minutes, but let's talk a little bit about. Go back to James chapter one. Mm-hmm. Talk about something we also talked about in connection with Matthew chapter seven. Remember when we talk about Matthew seven, right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the kind of the analogy of the wise man and the foolish man. Mm-hmm. One built his house on a rock. One built his house on the sand, and uh, both of them suffered the same experiences. Mm-hmm. Both of them suffered the floods and mm-hmm. the winds and the rain. And so the wise man, he suffered the same experience right. that the foolish man suffered. Right. What Do you remember what point we made from that? I'm I'm kind of asking you this kind of off the cuff.
1: Yeah, I, I think what I remember is that we're all going to go through difficult things. That's right. And the difference is how we react That's to those right. things. That's right. And the one that has faith in God reacts much differently than the one who doesn't have that That's faith. right.
0: That's right. And so, you know, God doesn't promise to insulate us, mm-mm, or mm-mm. we're not immune to the world's problems. Right. People of faith, Christians, they suffer the world's problems and problems of having a human body like everybody else does. Right. It's our perspective on those problems and our faith in God to see us through those problems. And it's the foundation that we have to work from that enables us to endure those problems. And so right. and so here, in James says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter, not if you encounter, mm-hmm. but when you encounter various trials, because right. he knows, even though you, you're wise and you've built your house on the rock, faith in Christ, you're going to you're going to experience trials. Absolutely. And so you need to just learn to approach them in a wise sort of way. And as uh, you can see if I'm faithful and endure through this, then this is going to be a positive result for me.
1: You know, I was thinking about the the opposite view is really the view that was presented by Satan to God in the book of Job. And he's basically saying, well, God, all you're doing is extorting from Job his obedience because you built this hedge around him and nothing can touch him. And therefore, he gives you his obedience in exchange for that. And the book of Job proves that's not true at all. But sometimes we as Christians kind of have that naive view that, well, because we serve God, God is going to insulate us from all. No, God is not going to insulate. We're going to go through these trials and we see it from there. The thing that God does is he's with us to allow us to get through them, not to prevent them from happening.
0: In a sense, the story of Job, I, I think, uh, is not only uh, a comment about Job and Job's faith, but I think in a way it's kind of kind of a comment about God. That's right. God, you're not big enough and strong enough right. to, to uh, have people worship you just f- because of who you exactly. are. You have to bribe people right. and to right. buy their right. devotion. Right. And God says, no, that's not true. That's right. And so what we need to do is we need to learn that our God, he is, uh, He's worthy of our worship and devotion, even if He gave us nothing.
1: That's exactly you know, right.
0: Even if we go through trial, that's still right. our God is uh, a God worthy of our, our devotion. Right. And so that's not the only reason we serve Him. Right. But, and not, not the only reason we're faithful to, through trial. Right. As James says... It can even benefit us Absolutely. and make us stronger as well. Absolutely. All right, Kevin. I see that uh, the, <laughs> the clock over there is flashing yeah. uh, quadruple zeros it's, at it's us. It's been and so, flashing for a while. <laughs> so, I think we're, we're out of time here. And so uh, I got through four verses. You did. Very, very well, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll pick up in verse five next time, and we'll continue our, continue our, our study of the book Absolutely. of James. This passage will flow, I think, very naturally and logically into the next. And uh, we hope that you'll be with us for that study. And again, if uh, you know others that might benefit from the study, invite them to join along with us. Any closing comments, Kevin?
1: Uh, No, I just think it's uh, really important that we see ourselves in this passage and understand we will go through difficult things. It's not a commentary on our faithfulness. It's an opportunity for us to demonstrate our faithfulness, and God will see us through it. Why don't you lead us in a word of prayer as we close? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us. Thank you for life and health and strength. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for the experiences we've had today. We thank you for this uh, podcast, which gives us an opportunity to study your word. And we thank you for so many listeners out there who are interested in spiritual things and willing and desiring to be fed from your word. And we hope that we have done our job, uh, Bob and I, during this, this time to present not our opinion, not our thoughts, but your pure and unadulterated word and we're very uh, impressed with the teaching that we've uh, talked about in this introductory lesson on James, that rather than run from trials and be scared of trials and just be overwhelmed with dread at the prospect of trials, that we ought to, one, expect that trials will happen. Uh, your word indicates when we fall into trials, not if. And, but also to count it all joy because it's an opportunity for those of us in Christ. And that's a distinction. But those of us in Christ, it's an opportunity for us to demonstrate to you Uh, Father, our love for you, our commitment to you, our service to you, our trust in you and our confidence in you that no matter how bleak things may look, how bad things may appear to be that you're still in control and you're still looking out for us and we'll see us through the end. Help us to be able to see uh, the benefits with spiritual eyes of going through trials that on the other end, our faith will be made uh, perfect and lead to patience and patience will help us mature as Christians uh, so that we know the things that are going to have uh, happen to us and that we expect them and nothing new, nothing rattles us. We know that we can be solid Uh, deeply rooted in our faith and our confidence in you, that you'll protect us and see us through, not preventing us from going through these, but seeing us through spiritually and, and seeing the benefits. Much like uh, you said in your word in Hebrews that uh, no chastening appears joyful at the time, but at the end we see the peaceful fruit of righteousness that comes from it. Please also us have the spiritual eyes to be able to see through these things and see uh, the good that lies ahead for those of us who are faithful to you. We ask you continue to be with us in a study that we may dig deep into your word and bring out the things that you've uh, embedded therein. And we ask that those who are listening may uh, take to light and take to heart what's being said and apply it to our lives Uh, Know that there are all kinds of ways we can be tried and tested. Uh, We can have economic uh, trials and difficulties. We can have uh, physical ailments. Uh, We can have uh, difficulties with our job, difficult personalities, working with managers and coworkers. We can have difficulties even within our own family. Uh, We can have political turmoil. We can have all sorts of things, uh, the elements, the weather uh, that can bring a lot of difficulty uh, to our lives. But we know that at the end, no matter what is thrown at us, that we can continue to be faithful, that we continue to trust the promises that you've given to us, and that if we see it through to the end, we can expect to have a home with you for all eternity. And that's another part of that uh, going through the trials is knowing that this is temporary. We're pilgrims just passing through, and we're looking for a greater homeland that lies on the other side of this life. So we thank you very much for what you revealed to us. We thank you for the wisdom that you've bestowed upon us through the scriptures. We'll be talking about that some more in the next podcast. So very thankful that uh, you, the creator, have revealed to us a portion of your mind so that we can understand these things and apply them to our lives. And we know to the extent we do so that we'll have better lives, not only in this side of the grave, but certainly on the other side. So we thank you for all of this, all the things you do for us. Thank you for taking care of us. And we ask you to continue to be with us and bless us. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen.